Welcome into the Fantasy Phenoms Podcast. I am Justin Herforth alongside with Andrew Cook. Hello. So this is a brand new show. Uh, we're very, very excited about it. Uh, this is a fantasy show by the people, for the people. We just want to get give back to the fantasy community uh, and see if we can help you guys win a, win a championship this season. That's the ultimate goal in fantasy football. We want to give you that best information possible. Uh, so in today's show, we're going to give you a little brief run-through of our top 15 running backs for the 2019 season. Uh, anything to add on to that, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of looking looking forward to get this started here, get this podcast started, and uh, I think running backs is the best place to start. Um, in terms of fantasy, usually it's the most valuable position uh, in drafts. Uh, we'll have a show probably talking about uh, draft advice and stuff like that but most of the time in drafts running back is oftentimes the one you want to target right away and get those solid running backs so we're going to try and provide you some advice to help you with that today yeah and there are the odd occasions where people don't always take the running backs first i know we had in our league yeah. a few years ago uh the league champion he took a lot of heat for it but he took Peyton manning <laughs> back in his mvp season so it's not always the Bold. end all yeah it's not always the end all be all uh taking that running back in the first round but uh, in almost every single championship roster, that uh, that running back is taken pretty early on in that draft. Exactly. So uh, we can get started a little bit. I'll give yourselves a, a little bit of an introduction. Uh, so um, we have been playing fantasy football probably since about 2010-ish, something like that. Uh, so we've we've gone back a long way, Andrew and I. Uh, We've known each other since probably sixth grade. Uh, we started playing fantasy football probably about ninth or tenth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, feels like forever ago, uh, but we've been talking about it at the lunch table uh, through high school and even in college. We went to college together over at Alverna University, so we have plenty of background uh, in kind of bantering back and forth about rankings, where we see players. Uh, so we do have a good history with that as well. Um, so. You can follow us on social media then. Uh, my Twitter is at Justin Herforth. And my, mine's going to be at PhenomAC. Uh, just follow us on there. Most of the time, right now we're only on Twitter. We're going to change our socials for the other uh, as well. well. We'll let you guys know about that. Just make sure to follow the Twitter. That's going to be up to date on when podcasts are uploaded and uh, et cetera. Things that you kind of want to keep up to date with. Yeah, and before we get started with our rankings, I do want to mention... like. Like how our league format is for how we play fantasy football. So we're in a 12-man league, and we do run with a half-point PPR league. For those of you who do not know, half-point PPR is half-point per reception. So you typically from your running backs, your wide receivers, your tight ends, uh, whoever can uh, receive that ball. They get, they get, if they get a catch, they get Some, half yeah. a point. Sometimes you get weird stuff. So running you, back throws of the wider. Like you, you get crazy stuff sometimes. Tight end to the running back, you know, wide receiver to the quarterback who knows someone can get a reception you never know really yeah it's kind of all up in the air but that is the basic format we, that we do uh use for our own leagues just to give you guys a heads up so uh i think that's about time we get uh just yeah, jump right into it. those rankings there let's do it all right so uh for our consensus number one ranking we do have christian mccaffrey i know on this we do have a little bit of a difference on who we feel is the number one back I don't a little bit jump in yeah yeah you can i mean I'll kind of start with McCaffrey, I guess, because he is our consensus. This is my number one running back. Uh, It's not Justin's, but um, I have McCaffrey as number one because I think, first of all, I'll say that I don't think the Panthers' offense is crazy good, right? I mean, there's Cam Newton there, obviously. He's a playmaker. 
But I think that the main problem is basically the fact that their wide receivers, it's a toss-up. I mean, they do have Curtis Samuel. They have, he's primed to have a really big season. And the Panthers, they are very, very excited about him coming up. DJ Moore coming into the second year. The one thing that they do re- like lack in that receiving department is that size and that like that go-to receiver. Yep. Uh, I know they did lose the, like Devin Funches. He did leave for the Colts this offseason. So it's kind of interesting to see just how the offense will pan out. But the one thing that will remain steady is Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. Just just from this past season, like yep. I, I can run through his numbers a little bit. He had over a thousand yards rushing. He had 107 catches on 124 targets. So that definitely is not going to go anywhere, yeah, uh, especially so. with Cam Newton coming back from that shoulder surgery for the second season in a row. Uh, McCaffrey did have 800 over 860 yards receiving, and he had 13 total touchdowns. So you really can't uh, beat yeah. that production there. Um, so he is very, very well used in that offense for sure. Um, so it just comes down to if that will continue and if defenses they will adjust to that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I think the real reason I have him as number one is I think he's pretty safe as you can get as a running back in terms of usage. Not necessarily carries, because I don't think you're going to be seeing any crazy carry totals for him, but at least in terms of usage, every single play, there's just you're just seeing McCaffrey on the field, and you most likely think the ball is going to get to him somehow. So, I mean, he's all over the place, and that's why I put him at number one. And I think, Justin, you have him at three or two? I have McCaffrey at number two. Yeah, at number two. So, I mean, you can talk about maybe why you like him, but in general, I just love how much he's using the offense. And I think also the Panthers are an offense that is – probably going to be behind in some games i think that i don't really think they're going to be ahead in that many games this year so i think they're gonna have to use mccaffrey all the time he's gonna get a ton of receiving yards again yeah and honestly i don't have mccaffrey at number one but i feel it's more of like a one and a one a situation because there is not much of a drop off between these two players and it's more or less whoever you feel comfortable with if you do have that number one pick in the draft uh christian mccaffrey definitely is a viable option for that um, so I can go with who we have as our number two consensus, but my number one on the board, uh, Saquon Barkley. I feel like that's what most fantasy players they are expecting. That's who they are expecting to go number one in most drafts. Uh, just this past season, in his rookie season, nevertheless, he had over 1,300 rushing yards, averaged over five yards a carry, and he also he had 121 targets as well, 91 receptions over 720 yards so that's a total i did the math andrew oh, uh, plugged wow. it in the calculator wow uh over 2000 2,028 <laughs> all-purpose yards i can't even talk that's hey you how, did the math that's yeah, the important part. i did the math so that i did all the homework on that and he had nine total touchdowns he was absolutely incredible for the giants and he even had a slow start those first couple games so as he picked up the pace he really reaped the benefits for those fantasy owners. And the reason I feel Saquon is so valuable, they don't have many other options over in, like, in New York right now. Uh, they had Corey Coleman. He went down with an ACL. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he currently has a broken thumb, so he's still working his way back. And Golden Tate, the newly signed receiver, has a four-game suspension. <laughs> so who's going to get the ball in New York? It's going to be Saquon. It's going to be a lot of Saquon. Cody Latimer. Cody Latimer. Oh. Give him the ball. <laughs> get him started. He's a phenom in the making, let me tell you. But Saquon, he's going to carry that Giants offense. Even with Eli, probably for the first few games at the very least, Daniel Jones may get the reins at some point. So it's going to be a lot of Saquon, a lot of checkdowns, running the ball, just keep getting the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands as quick as possible. That's going to be the biggest key for that Giants team success. And obviously, it all runs through Saquon. One of the best talents in the league. And it just comes down to he, he's going to get a ton of carries. Uh, you already know that. It's just a question of 
is there going to be some games where they're so far behind where just Saquon just doesn't get to do that much? But, uh, you know, I he's pretty safe as well, just like McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey, at least in my opinion, you might differ here. I feel like McCaffrey has the higher ceiling uh, just in terms of what he can do in the receiving game. Saquon does catch a lot of passes, but McCaffrey can just have those games, I feel like, where over 40 fantasy points and half-point PPR scoring, I feel like, is easily achievable. Saquon can do that, but he has to have an insane day rushing the ball. That Yeah, I do agree with you there. Uh, McCaffrey, he does have that bigger boom potential than I would say Saquon has. Obviously, Saquon still can put up those monster, monster games, but uh, like uh, I do think that Saquon does have a little bit of a safer floor. I know McCaffrey, he did have a few weeks where he didn't really give that like potential yep. like, RB, like running back one off the board uh, numbers, so I do feel... Like he does, he has the opportunity to put up over forty points in a week, yep. but uh, definitely at a higher clip than uh, Saquon could. So it's kind of whichever you feel uh, you would want, like rather want at number one. I personally would rather have the more the safer option. Uh, so you, someone you really can rely on week in and week out. Uh, you need a cornerstone for your uh, for your fantasy roster there. So I think Saquon's perfect for my roster, and I feel like uh, McCaffrey would be perfect for Andrews as well. So it's kind of wherever you fall within that spectrum. Uh, so we can move on now to. Our, uh, I think you have him at number two. Yeah, I have him at two. But yeah, I have him at number three. Uh, who was that, Andrew? Uh, Alvin Kamara. He is at number three consensus for us. Uh, Alvin Kamara, when he gets the ball, he's absolutely insane. It just comes down to like his high production values are, are crazy. His limited amount of touches, he gets an insane amount of yards on like every single catch, every play. If you watch him, you just think he's gonna take it to the house every time. Uh, I think you're more into Kamara than me, probably. I still have him at three, but um, I see him really similar to Christian McCaffrey, actually, in terms of rushing. He's not going to get the crazy amount of carries. We know Latavius Murray is, you know, he's there. Um, He might not be that important, but I think he'll be worked in. Um, You could talk about Kamara and and what you think is going to happen. I think he'll be almost equal to McCaffrey. At these top three running backs, it's like splitting hairs up here, but... Uh, like just like McCaffrey, Kamara, he's probably one of my favorite players to watch in the entire league. Uh, he has the ability to kind of bulldoze a linebacker or a safety, and in the next play, just honestly just juke someone out and make someone miss. So he's really a little bit of everything that you do want in a running back because uh, he does have the power as well as the finesse with that. So just this past season, he had over 1,800 all-purpose yards as well as 18 touchdowns. So you're really going to get a lot of production there, and he loses. He doesn't have his good friend Mark Ingram there anymore. I know he's probably mourning that loss still a little bit. Oh, has uh, to be. He's, those two are still really, really close friends. Would you say he's better than Latavius? Kamara? Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram? Uh, Who would you rather have? Uh, I'd, ra- I'd definitely rather have Mark Ingram <laughs> moving forward. I don't know if he'll do that much in in Baltimore. We'll talk about that maybe on a, a different show when we talk about our other running backs. But uh, Mark Ingram, it's kind of a toss-up. I'll be interested to see what he does. Yeah. He actually gets a lead a lead role. Yeah, because they don't have Alex Collins anymore. Uh, they, I believe they still do have Buck Allen over there. So there's a lot of options over in Baltimore yeah. that we uh, can talk about a little later on. But Alvin Kamara, though, he's... Definitely a great, great option. He's extremely safe for you to take. I feel like that number three slot is perfect for him. I know some people are really high on him. Maybe they could take him number one, and I really can't argue with you about that because there are so many strong options in this year's draft, especially the top end. I know most years it's kind of like one or like one or two people who you could see at number yep. one, but obviously this year 
multiple. You really can't argue with anybody here. Um, so yeah, Alvin Kamara, extremely safe. Latavius Murray shouldn't be that big of a factor as he probably will just get some goal line work yep. and maybe spell him every now and then. Agreed. I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. Uh, so we can move on now to number four. Uh, I'm really, really high on this player this season. I know you are too. I yep. know you have him a little lower than I do, I believe. Yeah, I got him at five. But I have him at four. Uh, this is Le'Veon Bell, the money man himself. He set out an entire year to get that payday, and it paid off for him. He got a massive four-year, $52.5 million contract with the ability with incentives to get up to $61 million. And, you wow. know, he's going to work every bit to get that incentive. And I think you should feel really confident. I know he just uh, posted an apology to all of his <laughs> fantasy owners for this exactly. past season. So, you know, he really does want to give those fantasy owners uh, as much uh, of success as they possibly can. And I'd, I'd be extremely happy if I was at the number four pick. I would gladly scoop up Le'Veon Bell right there. He's going to get a ton of touches. Uh Running game, passing game, you name it. Sam Darnold, that's going to be his best friend, Lev Bell, out of the backfield there. I know you're not a big Sam Darnold guy. Nah, I've been not. extremely high on him for the past year or so. So I think he's going to do a lot for his development moving forward, and he's going to have a lot of success up in New York. Yeah, I mean, when Le'Veon Bell's been on the field, we know what he does in his production. It just comes down to the change of scenery yeah. for Le'Veon. So we'll see how that factors in. But the difference between Le'Veon and, I guess, these top – the top three backs we talked about is the top three backs. There aren't really questions. There aren't that many questions about mm -hmm. them. We kind of know they're going to produce. Le'Veon, there's a bit of a question in terms of changing teams. Uh, we know, obviously, his talent, but it's just how they're going to use him in that Jets offense. So um, I think we know what Le'Veon is. It just comes down to how the Jets are going to use him. So. Yeah, I don't think there's that much more to say about Le'Veon. Yeah, no, I think it's pretty straightforward. Fantasy owners, they know what to expect. They've seen the monster league-winning numbers posted week in and week out. And it's, like, I, like Andrew said, it's a matter of risk there if you do uh, want to take that risk because, obviously, it is a little bit of an unknown in switching, uh, switching teams from Pittsburgh over to New York. Uh, so it's kind of uh, how he will pan out over there. Mm -hmm. So uh, kind of watch out for the risk but you can reap the rewards when you do take them at number four yeah um so we're gonna move to number five now i know we're both really high on this back um he did slide in our rankings a little bit because he is holding out i know we personally don't like him because he is on our rival he's one of our rivals for our favorite team oh. <laughs> i was looking at my rank yeah well it makes sense well at basically what we just had was a discrepancy of rankings but um at our consensus five, see, we were talking about that it would be Zeke, which we can just say Zeke's consensus five. The, it's so hard to talk about Zeke because we know what's going on in the situation with the holdout, and right now this is what they say, the 13th or August 12th, 11th, something like that. Uh, I think it's I think it's the 12th. Today's the 12th. Today's the 12th, so we still don't know what's going on. I think he's going to end up holding out. I think he saw what Lev did, and he's going to hold out. Um, but if he doesn't... See, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. I know there's a difference between uh, the Pittsburgh organization and over in Dallas. Um, all I'm going to say about this is hold out, schmold out. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Zeke holding out. I don't care if he misses Schmoldout. a game. Or, yeah, schmold out. I'm making up words here on the spot. Uh, so I can just go back in time. Uh, 1993, Emmett Smith. He held oh, out wow. as well. I know I'm digging. I'm digging deep here. Uh, so Emmitt Smith, he held out after winning the Super Bowl for the Cowboys. He held out for the first two games. Okay. The Cowboys they had a very, very lackluster performance in those two weeks. And Jerry Jones, he gave in. He paid Emmitt Smith, and they were back. 
So I think it's going to be a similar situation. The Cowboys, without Zeke, they're a very mediocre offense, and it's going to show Dak's not going to perform uh, at all, really. Uh, he's pretty much a mediocre quarterback without that uh, sustained running game. Yep. So it's really going to show his weaknesses there, and Jerry, he's going to he's going to end up paying Zeke the, the money that he feels he does deserve uh, to make him happy and kind of uh, rescue their season in a sense there as well. I mean, you can just look at Zeke's numbers from this past year. He's beyond valuable for this Cowboy offense. He had over 1,400 rushing yards, 2,000 all-purpose yards, averaged almost five yards a carry, and he had nine total touchdowns. So you really can't argue with his performance on the field. He does deserve the money that he is asking for, maybe not as much as like Todd Gurley got, for example. You saw how that panned out uh, mm-hmm. so far with the Rams. But you really can't argue with that, and I'd be very, very comfortable taking him at number five. If it, if it was me on the clock, I know I'm not a big fan of his personally because I am an Eagles fan. <laughs> but yeah. We're he, both Eagles fans, so yeah. any Cowboys, it is hard, but we, we can't. We can't act like uh, Zeke isn't a monster when he actually plays. He goes off, so. I think that's pretty much straightforward for Zeke there. If you're number five, he's on the board, you take him. So I think that's pretty straightforward. And I think think if he he plays, if it was known right now that he – he wasn't going to hold out, I think he'd he'd be much higher on my rankings. He'd probably be – he'd probably be my – I couldn't argue. probably be my three. Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't argue if someone said I'll take him one. I really yeah, I really yeah. can't argue, but I'd probably take him if he wasn't holding out. I'd probably take him three behind Barkley and McCaffrey there. Yep. Um, so we can move into number six after I messed up the rankings. <laughs> uh, so we can move into that now. Um, he was consensus five for like two minutes ago, but uh, David Johnson, uh, we're very – I know I'm personally high on him. I'm a really big fan of his. Uh, he was. He's been really hard on himself. This past year, he said he had a very "quote unquote" down year. Uh, so, so did the whole team. His down year. Uh, I'll tell you what his down year was. That resulted in RB eight across fantasy football. He had over almost fourteen hundred all-purpose yards, and he had ten touchdowns. So, I'd really, really like to see what a good year would be for him. <laughs> so, I'd really be interested in seeing that. I mean, maybe Kyler. It's pro- they got the new hotness, the fresh, ready to go Kyler Murray down there. So. This could be a crazy offense, but on the other hand, it could be bad. Like I, I definitely see a scenario where it could go poorly. Um, but as we saw last year, David Johnson still produces. Like even if they have a bad offense. So either way, we know he's gonna do well. It just comes down to, I don't, I can't really see him. I don't think he's gonna finish in the top three. I can't really see him finishing top three of running backs. But I would guess he'll probably land probably around that five to ten range that's just what i'm guessing yeah i mean he does have the potential to get up there because kyler murray rookie quarterback mm-hmm. what, what do they like to like, check the ball down uh tight end isn't really the strong suit in arizona right now so still got seals jones maybe yeah ricky seals yeah. jones uh not your uh main brand name at tight end <laughs> that you would want but they His do name have, does sound cool though he does have yeah i mean if you have the name seal in your yeah, exactly you're automatically awesome exactly um so uh, if you don't have a great tight end what are you going to look to you're going to look to the running back just like the giants looking to saquon and the panthers looking to mccaffrey you're going to look to david johnson there he's going to get a ton of looks in the passing game screen game i know we just saw it in the preseason game he had a few screen looks there from mm-hmm. his limited action uh in that first game so you can kind of get a glimpse in what what Cliff Kingsbury is going to look to do in his first year uh, there in Arizona. So number six, I'd be extremely confident in taking David Johnson. Not a lot of risk there. He's going to get his floor every single week. It's just a matter of if he does get those uh, boom games from uh, from that offense. Yeah, and I think a lot of these these top running backs that we're talking about now, at least, I think 
I would I would argue the top six that we just talked about. I don't think there's that much risk in them. Um, I think the next guys where it starts to get a bit risky and there's there starts to be a lot of questions. I think any of those top six running backs, you're most likely going to be fine. Um, maybe obviously the questions about Zeke and the holdout, Le'Veon about the new team, but I think you'll probably be fine. Um, the next guy though. Yeah, the next guy we have on our consensus list, uh, that is Todd Gurley. Everybody knows him from last season. If you had him, you probably rampaged through your entire yeah. league until close to the playoffs time. Um, so he's a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, I don't have to say much more. 1,831 total yards, 21 touchdowns. You honestly can't beat that. Uh, if he's there at like running back seven, running back eight, wherever he kind of slides down. I know he could probably slide a little further than that, possibly. We are a little higher on him than probably some other people are. Yep. Um, just because of the injury concerns. I know he's not 100% right now, uh, but he's going to get healthy at some point, and he's going to just rampage your league once again because that offense, it's getting healthier. Like Cooper Cup, he's back from his ACL, so that passing game is lethal, so they can't just look for the pass the entire time. Gurley's going to tear things up on the ground as well, and he also has really good hands. He can take a screen to the house any given play, so I don't know if you want to add yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, we, we know we know he can finish his RB1. That That's easily possible. He yeah. can finish his RB1. You know, we've seen it before with the crazy weeks. Um, last year, he finished his RB1, didn't he? I don't believe he did because of that end of the season. Because mm, of the end of the season problem. But he was probably the RB1 up until then. Up, up until he got hurt, he was by far the number one. Yeah, and so... I believe McCaffrey finished at number one. Okay, well, we know the concern with Todd Gurley. It's 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 the injuries and how much they're going to use him uh, in Los Angeles. But if they do fully use him, which... I, I was looking at reports today, and they're saying he's good to go. He looks great. He looks fantastic back to his normal self but i mean of course they can talk about that all they want until you get like in-game action you take some hits it's kind of up in the air at that point yeah we'll see we already know the offense is explosive we know they're going to be making waves but how much are they going to utilize Gurley? and we have him higher because i think at that rb7 you're getting such a good value there you're getting such an incredible value at rb7 if todd Gurley hits if he doesn't i think you still get a flex option worst case if they barely use him I think you still can get an incredible flex option or low-end RB2. Um, that's a worst-case scenario with Todd Gurley. But, uh, yeah. And I think we can probably move on to eight. Uh, our consensus eight is Nick Chubb. And there's a lot. there's been a lot of kind of banter about Nick Chubb in terms of I'm not a huge fan of him as a talent. I really don't. Oh, I don't no. know. I'm just not a huge fan. But the opportunity, you can't really deny that. Uh in Cleveland, their offense is just absolutely insane. Uh, you can kind of confess your love to Nick Chubb and why you like him so much. Uh, I think you'll do a better job than me because I'm not that high on him. Uh, so I'm going to be pretty blunt about here. He's been my fantasy football man crush probably for the past year. Uh, Nick Chubb, I've loved him since watching him at the Combine, seeing his highlights from Georgia. Uh, you can you saw him a little bit in the college football playoff during his uh, last year at Georgia. Uh, he's extremely efficient through the tackles. He has that burst. He can break away. You saw he had like a really, I think it was like a 90-yard touchdown this past season. Mm -hmm. So he has that potential to explode on any given snap. Uh, it, just, it, it honestly just came down to opportunity for him. Uh, he had Carlos Hyde in the way last year, and once he got traded away, instantly became uh, almost an RB1 from the get-go right. so you really can't argue from the production it just comes an opportunity for nick chubb the only reason i have him as low as i do i have him on my board at number nine i know consensus is number eight but i have him honestly that low if uh 
the new acquisition of Kareem Hunt that kind of puts a damper on things from a little bit because I don't only look for the beginning of the season. I want to see uh, how things will possibly pan out towards the end of the season as well. Fantasy playoffs. For the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Kareem Hunt, he is suspended for the first 10 games if you uh, are not aware of that. Uh, so him being on the first 10 weeks, Nick Chubb, he's going to dominate. He's going to get the, uh, the full workload there in Cleveland. Uh, so it comes down to after Kareem Hunt's back, how many touches will he get in that offense? We have no idea. The coaching staff, Freddie Kitchens, he has not said squat about it. So we're kind of all in the same boat here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big question mark around him. Uh, how many touches is he going to lose down the stretch? That's a little concerning for me. That's why I have him a little bit lower on my board. Yeah, I'm not as con- I'm not that concerned. Um, obviously, Kareem Hunt's going to be used, but I think. Chubb has a lot of time to prove just how good he is, and we know the offense is stacked. So if they're, you know, if they have a great record going into the time Hunt gets back from suspension, I don't think they're going to change anything up too drastically. Um, maybe bring in, you know, Hunt for some passing work or whatever they want to use him for. But it realistically, I think Chubb's going to be pretty safe of a player. I don't think there's that many question marks surrounding him other than just that late season usage for that for those first eight weeks i think chubb's gonna be really good i think he's gonna be really solid running back running back one yeah so i'll probably be taking him and i'm gonna be very happy about it because he is <laughs> one of my favorite players to watch in the entire league he kind of rescued my season last year uh little brief story i started out one and six in my fantasy league this past year um and nick chubb he kind of i drafted him i dropped him i picked him up literally 30 seconds after i got a twitter notification that Carlos Hyde was traded to Jacksonville. So uh, he kind of rescued my season there. I instantly picked up a RB1, and I rescued my way back. I climbed my way up. I actually made the fantasy championship, but I lost. But we're not going to talk about that. So bad <laughs> memories from that day. Uh, ruined my Christmas Eve. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it was not the most wonderful time of the year this year. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to move on. Um, so we're going to move on to our number nine consen- consensus running back. Uh, that will be Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so I'm going to be pretty straightforward. The, uh, the Bengals, they were not a good football team in 2018. I know that's a pretty bold take. Am I right? Uh, but he did close out the 2018 campaign in very strong fashion over the past probably like, past three weeks of the season for fantasy right where you want him to perform in this fantasy playoffs. I also did have Joe Mixon on my fantasy roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he averaged 17.5 fantasy points per game in the playoffs, so he definitely did perform down the stretch. Uh, he did face the Chargers, Raiders, and Browns. I know the Chargers and the Raiders, they weren't the greatest against the against the run, but um, obviously it is the NFL. It's any given week, any given Sunday. Things can go uh, any way possible. So he did perform when you did need him the most, and he's a great asset for, for you to uh, go through down have really down the stretch for your fantasy roster and he is a brand new offense uh new head coach zach taylor uh the sean mcveigh uh disciple uh you can basically have a cup of coffee with sean mcveigh and you're gonna be hired as a head coach <laughs> the next day um so with that offense it's gonna be high it's gonna be high flying it's gonna be really fast pace um and they're gonna look for joe mixon to kind of carry the load because i know aj green he's hurt right now yeah so they're gonna look for the ground game to be established um kind of carry that offense for the foreseeable future until AJ Green is back so he's definitely primed to have yeah, a great 2019 campaign and kind of replicate what uh, Todd Gurley tried to do in his first year with Sean McVay yeah there. I do have concerns the only concerns I really have with Mixon is how Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard's going to factor in I think he's actually going to be a bigger part uh, than people think to the offense 
and uh, I think he's going to take take away a lot of drives from Mixon because if you watch some of the games last year, they would just have drives where it would just be Giovanni Bernard, and he would just drive down the field, and he'd literally get like a whole drive just to himself, and Joe Mixon wouldn't get in. It This just happens with Giovanni Bernard sometimes. He's actually good. He is good. But I, I think it's possible. He's going to be a valuable fan, fantasy asset, I think. I think he'll be a flex option almost every week. Um depending on how the Bengals are doing, if they can keep it going. But uh, Joe Mixon, decent player. Uh, I think his ceiling's capped with the Bengals. Decent player? He's decent. I mean, he had almost 1,500 total yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, that's... Compared to the other... Yeah, I'm I just mean, saying compared to the oh, other okay, guys. Okay, that's fair. That's but fair. In, in terms of running backs, yes, he's, he's a great running back, but his, his ceiling's capped, I think. You know, all the running backs that we said before, I think have much... Much higher ceilings than Joe Mixon does, just because I, I can't see the Bengals doing incredibly well in that division. That's a tough division with the Steelers, Ravens, and now the you know now the Browns. That's the Bra- that Browns defensive front. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. That's gonna be some rough going there. Those divisional matchups. I know there's gonna be six of those games throughout the season, so it it, it is kind of a little dicey for Joe Mixon. That probably is why we have him a little low in our rankings, but the talent is there. It's just he can perform. It's just a matter of new system, new scheme. Uh, see how that everything pans out for him there. Uh, so we can move on now to our number ten consensus running back. Uh, so that is going to be James Conner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kind of a diamond in the rough last year for most fantasy owners. Uh, he was either undrafted or drafted extremely late in most drafts, probably by people who drafted Lev Bell, probably top three, and instantly regretted it. But. Joe, uh, James Conner, he did really surprise everybody. Uh, 1,470 total yards, 13 touchdowns. You really can't ask for much more for someone you draft in like probably around 14, around 15, mm-hmm. or just picked up off the waiver wire. Similar to what happened with Kareem Hunt, almost. Exactly. When Who who was it that went down? Was it was it Spencer Ware that went down? That or? was Spencer Ware. Yeah, so it was a similar situation. I think Kareem Hunt has more talent than James Conner does. Um, I don't think that's, you know saying that much i think james connor james connor is still good but i think he's kind of a product of just how good the steelers have been uh the opportunity there is really good i think their o-line is gonna be pretty good this year uh i think they're gonna have a solid team uh obviously losing a b is big but juju is there and he's young he's ready to go so uh james connor i think he's he doesn't really get me excited, I think. I don't really think he excites me to draft him. Yeah, um, I'd say James Conner, he's more or less like a safe pick. Uh, yeah. He's kind of like the brand cereal, the raisin brand. <laughs> yeah. You're really not excited about it, but it's good for your team. It's really healthy. Why do they, why do they even have raisins in cereal? You know, I don't want raisins in I don't my know. cereal. If I'm eating cereal, I want the junk food. I, I get that cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> exactly. I, eat it, I eat it at 1130 at night. Give it's, me some cap and crunch, It's man. delicious, and uh, I'm very hungry now. Um, <laughs> But James Conner, I know he's the raisin brain of running backs probably for this first round into the second round. He's still an RB1, though. He's, he's definitely <laughs> an RB1. raisin brain of RB1s. <laughs> just like back in the day, you had Frank Gore. Uh, he just yeah. always finished as, like, RB12. You weren't excited about taking him. You kind of just do your due diligence. You kind of roll your eyes a little bit. Like, well, guess i got to take him. Yep. And you take him, and you're somewhat satisfied at the end. So... It fills up your stomach. That's that's that's, <laughs> okay, that's the consensus here. I feel like cereal never fills up my stomach though. I just want to keep eating. You just gotta keep and eating and you, eating. You just gotta eat more. Oh no! See, and that's kinda, it's kind of similar because James Conner he gets the workload. Mike Tomlin he lives and breathes using one running back in his offense. He literally just uses one running back. He does not use like a committee at all. 
There has been buzz about that. That, that I think Jalen Samuels and uh, people would get worked in. You're not buying I, it. I will believe it when I see it. Mike Tomlin. He's been he's been head coach there for what? How many years? I have no uh, probably, clue. Probably about a decade now. He's always implemented one running back. Lev Bell. Uh, he had Rashard Mendenhall for a long time. Jerome Bettis. Was Jerome, he there for Jerome, Jerome Bettis. At the end he, of his career. He retired uh, when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl. Forty. He's there for Willie Parker. Willie Parker. Yeah, <laughs> that, that old that old tandem with yeah. Willie Parker, exactly. Jerome Bettis. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall, Rich- throw him in there. Yeah, Rashard Mendenhall. Uh, he, he, I mean, he was a workhorse back for a few years before he got hurt, yep. and he went to Arizona. But yeah, James Conner, though, raising brand of uh, of the running backs, uh, safe pick. Uh, you really can't go wrong there. Like like Andrew's not very excited about it. I'm a little more excited about it than he is, but you really can't go wrong. Highly recommend taking him uh, if he is there on the board in round two or so for you. Sure. If he's your if he's your RB two, you're absolutely golden. If he's your RB one, I'd be extremely happy as well. I think you can probably get him around mid second. I'd guess. I think. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be going in the first round. He might be. In some in some I drafts, think, I think it more or less comes down to your league. I know some people are really excited about taking maybe, maybe like Patrick Mahomes round one. They take <laughs> they take a few more wide receivers than uh, your Hopkins, yeah, you your know, Hopkins, Devontae your, Adams, Devontae Adams. Um, maybe maybe Antonio Brown slides in there. You never know, just because mm-hmm. the name recognition with some leagues. Uh, so they could possibly slide in the round one, and if I mean somehow James Conner slides to end of round two, early round three, I would snatch him up immediately. Yep, not even a question. Great about value, it. absolutely. Uh, so then we can move on to our consensus number 11 running back. Uh, this is Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. That's my brother. That's your brother, yeah. Uh, it is my brother. It, he actually is my brother. Is he? Believe it or not, it is my brother. We have the same last name, which means he's my brother. You guys are absolute twins. If, yes. you, if you go on uh, Andrew's Twitter <laughs> at Phenom AC, you're going to see they look exactly the same. It, it, basically. Nice yeah. flowing dreadlocks. Oh, it's fantastic. Yes. Oh, same athletic ability. <laughs> same exact athletic ability. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. I, I really should be playing for the Eagles. I mean, you got to got Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard. What? Come on, get out of here. I mean, they need... We need a goal line back. Just yeah. Throw it. You got. You got. The, you got. You got the body. You got the body for it. You're, <laughs> exactly. you're an absolute. What tank. What you trying to say? Um, nothing. Nothing at all. Okay. Well, absolute tank it. of the goal line. Nevertheless. But actually, about Dalvin Cook, uh, he, he's he's got a lot of talent. I think he can explode. Um, comes down to injuries. Mm-hmm. What's gonna happen with him? We know the offense is gonna be pretty good. I mean, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. They might steal some of the touchdowns away because uh, we know Thielen went on his rampage for a while and he was just on fire. Stephon Diggs, he pops off, you know, every other week or whenever he decides to catch some balls. But um, Dalvin, he's I think he's intriguing. He has more intrigue to me than James Conner mm-hmm. does, but he's definitely not as safe as James Conner. He's, uh, you're definitely taking a risk by taking Dalvin, hoping he doesn't get hurt. So, uh, you can, more or less in most drafts, you can get Dalvin Cook. Pro- it's probably round two. He's going to go off the board relatively early in your draft. Uh, it, it just comes down to if you want to absorb that risk into your roster or not. Uh, like Andrew said, uh, injury, that is, is one of his biggest concerns by far. So, in two years, he's played in only 15 games. So, that's pretty concerning for me uh, as he has yeah. missed over half of the games in his NFL career. But he did finish relatively strong to this past season. Uh he averaged over 15.5 points uh, in the last five weeks of the fantasy season, so he was great for you down the stretch. I know a lot of championship rosters probably did have him because either like their fantasy owner from the beginning of the season, they were fed up with him. Mm-hmm. They gave him away for pennies on the dollar, yep. and 
like someone really found a diamond in the rough with him that way. Mm. Uh, so it's it honestly it just comes down to risk. Uh, how much you do want to absorb into your roster? Round two might be a little too early for my liking, but somebody probably is high. I know Andrew's really high on him. I would definitely take James Conner over uh, Dalvin Cook uh, mm. in this in upcoming draft. Sure. So. Anything, I, anything to add on Dalvin there? Uh, I mean, I think he's per- I think he's like a perfect RB two to me. Like, if you can grab in the first round, like say maybe you get a guy like eh, maybe you get like a Nick Chubb. If you can so, go like Nick Chubb Dalvin, I think that's a really okay. good combo. I, I would I would definitely be satisfied if I had Dalvin as like my RB two. But if he's my RB one, I would not be yeah. uh, very comfortable with that. Me neither. Me neither. I think we can probably move to the next one now. Yeah. Um, next player, I. I don't know if he's gonna be good. He's more. Ugh. He's more like intriguing, kind of like the potential there. Uh, everyone really loves this guy, um, and he's a pretty popular sleeper pick for this upcoming year. Carry yeah. uh, on Johnson of the Detroit Lions. Uh, he really has a great RB two potential. I'd I'd feel for uh, most rosters this upcoming year. So when he's given the opportunity for the majority of the snaps, I know he had like issues getting touches taken away by like, Legarrette Blunt, Theo Riddick, who was no longer in the picture. That's huge. He, he went to the Broncos, and I th- I believe he broke his collarbone. I, I That's know he, rough. I know he was injured. I believe it was the collarbone, but it, that is rough for Theo. Uh, hope, well wishes for him. Hope he gets back on the field really soon. But he's no longer in Detroit, and in the Times he did get the majority of the snaps. Johnson he averaged thirteen point two fantasy points per game in his five game uh, that five game stretch where he did get the majority. Before he did he did get injured in week eleven versus the Panthers, but in an already depleted Lions offense this past season he performed extremely well. He had a full off season under his belt. Uh, when he knows he's going to be the starter, he's going to get those reps, and he got him in mini camps, OTAs, now mm-hmm. training camp. Uh, I think he's really destined for uh, a great, great, really really great season this year. Yeah, I. It just comes down to kind of Matt Stafford for me, and how mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford's gonna be. They have Kenny Galladay, right? We know Kenny Galladay's. He could, he really could explode this year. Um, and also they still have Marvin Jones, right? They still have him. They do have Marvin. Yeah, Jones. they have Marvin Jones, which Marvin Jones is really. He's just kind of sitting like. How many people are excited to take Marvin Jones in drafts? But he's still a good player. He's actually still a good player. So they have a decent offense. And and they also just drafted uh, Hawkinson, right? They did. Oh, they just oh, got Hawkinson, which... He is... Oh, <laughs> which, dude, oh he's not, my favorite player from yeah. this. Yeah. So, all right, I can give you a little brief, brief uh, <laughs> sidetrack here. So we do every single year we do a mock draft uh, for the NFL draft. Uh, we were texting back and forth. I'm at work. Uh, I'm doing my mock draft. And I shouldn't be doing it at work, but that's oh, well, <laughs> fine. Uh, I'm a great employee. You didn't hear it here. I, you, you did not hear it here. But uh, I did my mock draft, and I had TJ Hawkinson, uh, number seven for the Lions. Andrew considered text me back, and he said, are you crazy? Um, and I said, no, I'm pretty sane. I know he's going top ten. We made a bet. I won the bet. Uh, I was pretty happy. So he, by default, is now my favorite rookie tight end. I still can't believe it. I, I don't uh, I could not believe it. Because I remember I looked it up, and I, I was looking up stats, and I think – it was like Vernon Davis and some other players. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, those athletic types. I just didn't see it happening, but I mean, if that tells you about the Lions' offense, I mean, he's—I don't think they would have drafted him if they're if they're trying to just like collapse. Like I think they're trying to build up a team they here. Are. Uh, otherwise, I think that maybe they go for a position that you know 
it wasn't really tight end, and I think I don't know if he was known for his blocking in college. Um, he he's not he's not a great blocker, but he he can get the job done. Uh, he's mainly known for his uh, receiving mm-hmm. ability. Uh, so he basically is a larger slot receiver in the sense. He's but, the late Eric Ebron. E- Eric Ebron. Now he's gone doing stuff in Detroit. Eric Ebron. <laughs> he's doing stuff now, but wasn't when he was there. But now, I mean. Hawkinson could fill the void. It's a great, it's a great fit there. Uh, he's fitting in the slot there, gets those tight end routes, uh, opens things up a little bit more for carry on. At the end of the day, they mm-hmm. do have two solid receivers uh, in Kenny Galladay. I think they have they have Amendola too. They also have him. I believe they did. They have Danny him. Amendola. Yep. So that's a great slot receiver then. So they got Danny Amendola in the slot. So they do have the opportunities to open up the field a little bit for carry on. I know when. Back when Carrion was performing, they were very much uh, depleted by injury. I know Marvin Jones went down, uh, so it did more. They did, uh, defenses they did kind of stack the box against Carrion. He still was able to perform pretty well. Uh, like I said, he did average over 15 and a half points per those opportunities that he was given. So I think a full season of that workload, he's definitely uh, in in line for a great deal of success down the road. Sure. Uh, so then we can move on now to our consensus number 13 running back. Uh, that will be Devonta Freeman from the Atlanta Falcons. So kind of just like Dalvin Cook, uh, injuries kind of have derailed Devonta of late. So last season he only played in three games. Uh, from all reports that I've seen in like training camp, OTAs, uh, Devonta, he is back. They said he's looking extremely explosive. And we'll see. I, I am a fan of him this year. I, but. I'm, I'm a big fan of his as well because he's gonna one of those guys that he's gonna slide down boards a little too far. Uh, he's, I think he'll slide really far. He's he's gonna have that great value. Probably get him in. I'd say round three, maybe close. It depends. On I your think league. you can get him in round three. And most, I think people are really afraid of him. Really afraid uh, of the his injury risk. And a lot of people might not actually realize. It depends on your league, obviously. But we, Tevin Coleman was there. Mm-hmm. He's not there. They've already said they're committed to Devonta Freeman. Yeah, Devonta, the, so, Edo Smith, who, in my opinion, he's just not that good at football. Ah, uh, yeah. But, <laughs> you don't got to worry about him. I yeah, so th- it's going to be a one-man backfield. Devonta Freeman or bust at that point. You're going to get Edo Smith every now and then. Kind of just give Devonta a breather. Um, so... I think it really just comes down to risk for him. I know it's a lot of th- like a lot of risk for these few running backs like Dalvin Cook. Uh like, Devonta, Freeman, Devonta Freeman, Todd Gurley. That, like, it's just those little injury risks that kind of do hinder people a little bit from taking those players which could cause them to slide a little mm-hmm. but i'd be very confident taking devonta because when he has been on the field he is really explosive that offense in atlanta that is lethal yep. they have plenty of weapons on the outside they won't stack the box uh for matt ryan handing it off to devonta so i think there's plenty of options there that will bode well for devonta moving forward for for this offense and we know he can finish up pretty high too um he is a really high ceiling i think devonta freeman he uh, like his ceiling compared to carry on Johnson's isn't even really close to me if he stays healthy. I think Absolutely. Devonta, even though we have Devonta lower than carry on, um, I, I think that if you're looking for an explosive, like RB2 pick to the point where you really want him to hit and have RB1 value, I would go Devonta Freeman if you want kind of a safer uh, pick that you don't have to worry about getting hurt, even though carry on did get hurt. I, th- I would choose carry on there. But there's going to be some tough decisions that you have to make in the back of the second, uh, start of the third round. Yeah, so we can move on now to our number 14 consensus. I know you're pretty high on this guy, a little higher than I am. Uh, Why don't we talk about Marlon Mack a little bit, Andrew? Yeah, I'm a fan of Marlon Mack this year, mainly because of the offense. Uh, I think Andrew Luck and that O-line, they built 
up their O-line in the draft. They really did. They have a nice O-line this year. And they have T.Y. Um, and I think they have, what was that? They got Devin Funches, didn't they? They did sign Devin Funches. I don't, you know, Devin Funches is going to be used in the red zone, I think. I, I'm not sure. I don't know how much he's actually going to be used, but I think he'll help the offense. Um, I just think in general, they're, they're going to use Hines a little bit. Um, in the passing game, they'll occasionally use Hines, but I think Marlon Mack is just going to be on a great offense. Uh, I think he's going to get a ton of opportunity, and I think he's fairly safe um, mm-hmm. when it comes to a player. I don't think he has that much risk. I just think that he's – I think he'll probably just stay in RB2. I, I don't really think he's going to go in the RB1 category. He could, but I think he's a pretty safe higher-end higher RB2, and I think you can kind of rely on that for most of the year. The only reason I have Marlon Mack a little bit lower is he has been injured a little bit. I know last year he had a pretty hit a nagging uh, hamstring injury that did keep him out for the majority of that first half of the season. So that does concern me a little bit. Uh, I mean, he is healthy right now. He is good to go. Um, so like he's just outside of my top 15. I have him, at, I believe, number 16 overall. So I, it's not really too much of a difference. But he, there are a few players I would rather take over him because they have more, a little more upside in my opinion. Yeah. But Marlon Mack, he's extremely safe. He's going to get those looks in that indie offense. That offensive line is stout. Quentin Nelson's probably my favorite <laughs> offensive guard to watch in the entire. Most league. people considered him the best player in the draft. So honestly, he's incredible. Uh, if you go on Twitter, you can see like videos of him screaming at his opponents. Uh, he's an absolute. I still maniac. haven't I'm seen like, this video. You need to see these videos. I'm going to send them to you right after this. <laughs> I have not seen. He them. is phenomenal. He's just going to run everyone over. He's a bulldozer. Uh, off the block there so he's in good hand marlon Mack's in really good hands he's gonna have those lanes wide open for him to kind of scamper his way through and get those touchdowns at the end of the day so he's gonna have a great deal of uh, success this year uh it just comes down to health for him honestly uh keep for a lot of these guys a lot of these guys in this range when you start getting down here um a ton of talent but it just comes down to health and kind of what risk you want to take if you want a safer guy you can draft the safer guy um but a lot of times you got to take risks to win your league. So um, Marlon Mack, I think, has some a little bit less risk than a lot of the other running backs. But uh, in general, a solid RB2, I think. Yeah, we can finish up now. We have our uh, consensus uh, RB15. Uh, I know I'm a little higher on him than you are. Yeah. Uh, he's a little bit injured right now. But uh, when he did Hamstring. Has- Another hamstring. hamstring. Uh, so it is a little bit of a cause for concern. Right now he is in my top 15. That could change in a little bit, uh, depending on how those health reports come back. I know we are getting relatively close to draft season, so we want to get uh, as much information as we possibly can before we make those uh, all-important decisions on draft day. But right now, my our consensus RB15, that would be Damian Williams from the Kansas City Chiefs. When he got that opportunity after uh, Kareem Hunt was released this past season, he definitely took it like, – I really took advantage of those opportunities yeah. that he was given. He, he was the full workhorse back. Uh, I know Spencer Ware also went down, so it kind of was a perfect situation for him. He got all of the work. Uh, he was great through the pass, through the run. Uh, basically the perfect complement for what Mahomes needed. Uh, he was what we, definitely just what he needed, honestly. Uh, he definitely took advantage of that. He was great in the fantasy playoffs uh, for you. I know he, got, he was a little dinged up, I think, towards the end, back end of the season. Um, in the playoffs itself, uh, he wasn't as efficient, but that's not really cause for concern because I know the Chiefs they did commit to him. Uh, they didn't really—I don't think they drafted a running back this year. I'm not sure. Uh, so I, they did sign Carlos Hyde, though. I um, think that I think that's bigger. That's, I think that's actually pretty big. 
I know uh, Andy Reid, he was gushing about Carlos Hyde, saying that he was going to be uh, a valuable asset to that offense this season. He said he looked great. He, said, he said he looked great. I'm not sure what he was looking at. Uh, Carlos Hyde, he does not have a great track record of looking great. <laughs> I know he didn't look great in uh, Cleveland last year. He didn't look great in uh, Jacksonville. Uh, so if, if he works out in Kansas City, that's great as well. So uh, if Andy Reid thinks he's a good fit, uh, he'd be a solid fit. I think he'd be a good compliment for what uh, Damian Williams is. I think he'd be a good like, goal line back, a uh, good change of pace back as well, When especially like down the stretch. What could be concerning if it's like a close game, they need those short yardage situations. They plug Carlos Hyde in there, and they get their short yards. In. I know Kansas said they do run up-tempo quite a bit, so there could be times where uh, Hyde is on the field where Williams probably would be otherwise. So that that's probably why he's a little bit lower for Andrew. Uh, but all like health aside of things, if uh, Damian Williams is healthy by the beginning of the season, I think he is a very safe uh, RB2 at worst case flex option for your roster. So you really can't go wrong with taking Damian there. Uh, just like a lot of these running backs, it is risk versus reward. I think the reward is pretty high for him. Yeah, agreed. I uh, Yeah, I think one of the kind of keys to drafting in fantasy is understanding your team composition too. Uh, we'll talk about that on another episode, but uh, the basics of it is if you draft someone early, say you draft maybe a Saquon or you draft someone that's really safe, then when you go to an RB2, if you want to take someone that maybe like a Devonta Freeman or something, if you're able to grab him, you grab someone with a little bit more risk because you know Saquon's going to be there. He's going to be good. So with these guys that have some injury problems, which is a lot of guys, really, it is a good amount of guys that have, have injury question marks, but uh, I would recommend pairing them up with a solid running back if you can. If you can, a lot of people sometimes draft. If you start wide receiver, you're probably going to be ended up drafting like a Dalvin Cook or something. You might you might get that. Um, but overall, I think Damian Williams is a solid option. He's going to be the running back to have in Kansas City. We know how that offense is. So uh, especially now that Tyreek Hill is actually going to be playing, mm-hmm. we know it's going to be in a good offense. Damian Damian Williams can stay healthy. He's going to be a, a valuable asset. Absolutely. So that does wrap up our top 15 consensus. I'm gonna we can run through them one more time for you. So number one, we had Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Saquon Barkley. Number three, Alvin Kamara. Number four, Le'Veon Bell. Number five, David Johnson. Number six, Ezekiel Elliott. Seven, Todd Gurley. Number eight, Nick Chubb. Number nine, Joe Mixon. Number ten, Raisin Brand himself, <laughs> James Conner. Number eleven, Dalvin Cook. Twelve, Carryon Johnson. Thirteen, Devonta Freeman. 14, Marlon Mack, and wrapping things up at number 15, Damian Williams. Exactly, and uh, just so you guys know, keep up with us on Twitter, on social media. Uh, you can follow us at the FF Phenoms on Twitter. You can follow Justin at Justin Herforth. That's H-E-R-F-O-R-T-H. I know that's pretty misspelled. I've been <laughs> it my entire life. I just want to throw that out there for the people. He's dealt with it. Yeah, it's been rough. It's, it's been, been rough. rough. And it's you a rough fo- life. You can follow me at Phenom AC. At Phenom AC. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Any last words? Uh, just kind of stick with us here. I know we're just getting started. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast and we're excited to uh, roll things out here for you this upcoming year. Hopefully get you those titles. We want to be the... the the sage advice that you need in order to get to that end goal exactly reach out to us on twitter you have start sick questions when the season comes draft day help you need I know, anything I know like gonna, that i know we're also gonna be live on periscope yep. on uh, on game days uh, game answer days. any questions you may have so make sure you uh, stay tuned with us on social media yep exactly and uh 
I guess thank you guys for listening to us. I appreciate it, and I hope you guys stick with us. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Peace.